Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning back into your favorite podcast with your three favorite geniuses giving our not-so-genius takes on all things TCU sports and other interesting things going on. This was quite a week for TCU sports. We have got a lot of not-so-genius takes to give this week. A lot happened. Frog ball is finally back. Basketball had two wins. Tennis had a lot of a lot of updates, if not all, all as exciting as basketball and baseball were, but it's still been a lot going on. Um, for the first time in TCU's Three Wise Men history, we have a sport that I care about more than Barrett and Jacob. <laughs> so I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about baseball. Um, we're going to gear this podcast more towards things like tennis and basketball. So if you want more in-depth on baseball, go check out Lupton Drinking Club. But real quick update on what happened. TCU played Florida Gulf Coast University this week. They are a group of five teams, so they're not any powerhouse by any means, but they also are expected to be in a regional if they keep up as they're capable of. Last year, they had a powerhouse offense, and it showed that they still have a very strong offense. Uh, we did sweep against them, winning on Friday 10-9, to Saturday 13-10, to and yesterday 11-6. to Although us sweeping was a little more misleading than one would think. If you looked late innings in any game except yesterday, we were losing and losing by a lot. We had to make large comebacks both Friday and Saturday. Uh, in general, a lot went on. Our offense was incredible. We put up, what, 13, 23. We put up 34 runs this weekend, so we averaged 11.3 runs a game. TCU historically is known for its stealing ability, and that stayed very true this weekend. Uh, Anthony Silva, I recall watching a couple good steals, but across the board, the whole team was stealing well. Uh, on the other side of the ball, when we when we were in the outfield, we did not look nearly... We looked like a top five offense, but we did not look like a top five when we were in the field. We gave up 25 runs on the weekend, and 12 of those runs... So almost half of them occurred in the third inning alone. We gave up four <laughs> runs every third inning. I sent a joke to Jacob and Barrett over the weekend that I want us to start putting in our closer for the third inning and then putting in relief at four. And when I first sent that, it was a joke. And then Sunday happened and it happened again. And I'm no longer kidding. That's actually my call. And anyone who can get me in touch with Sarlos, I want that happening. Um. We, with the exception of one inning, we let the leadoff man for FGCU on every single inning on Saturday and the vast majority of them Friday and, or not on Saturday, on Sunday and the vast majority Friday and Saturday as well. On Sunday, and when this was true all weekend, but I've only got the stat in front of me for Sunday, we gave 10 walks and four errors. So we gave 14 free bases on Sunday. Also, they talked, uh, Connor Wanhanen talked about this. The way Sarlos counts free bases is not the same as those 14 free bases. He, when he's yelling at the boys in practice this week, will consider every base that the person who got a free base on. Like if there were 14 free bases and they each moved to second at some point, that would be 28 free bases. So he will be particularly upset about all the free bases. Um other than all that, though, the very interesting turn of events, Evan Skaug is was now our coach on first base, which was very exciting to see for anybody. He was part of the old team that went to o Omaha over and over and over again, one of our better players back at the time. And he is now on our coaching staff, which was still weird for me to see. And then my favorite part of the weekend was that yesterday we won the game because UC, or not UCF, FGCU's mom told them they had to be home for dinner. So they just didn't play the ninth inning and went home. I know most people don't like hard outs. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Um, with that, I'm going to wrap up real quick after this. But we have our player awards. Uh, the golden player unequivocally, unequivocally goes to Luke Boyers. Jacob, do you have anything you want to say on that? I 
I don't think we need much discussion. He's obviously our number one guy. Yeah, there's not much discussion. Luke Boyer, some are saying that he's the best baseball player ever in the history of baseball. He, he is up for the Dick Hauser Awards. In fact, betting odds for him are minus 250, I believe. I haven't checked recently, though. Yeah, and my list of all-time greats, it goes like Luke Boyer's, then there's a pretty big gap, and then like Babe Ruth, Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, bunch of tigers players because I don't all the know big boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that all being said the franken sensational i'm giving just to our offense as a whole other than luke boyers he stands out above the rest but the entire rest of the team our offense showed up showed up big they at no point got scared that we were down a bunch they played very well throughout no matter how much we were down they kept they were gritty and they they got the job done where needed Everyone did their job the way they were supposed to. I didn't want to pick just, and everyone stole very well. I didn't want to pick just one guy. So I, I'm giving it to the offense as a whole. The would like to see Murr out of, I'm giving specifically to our third innings. The fact <laughs> that we've given up 12 runs in third innings is really bad. I don't know if we need to get our starters doing a better job of settling in and hanging in or what it is we need to do. But I would like to see Murr out of the third innings. That being said, I've taken literally twice the time Jacob and Barrett allotted for me. So with that, I will pass it off to Jacob to tell us about tennis. I mean, it's fine. More baseball talk is is always good, especially when frog ball season's just started. By the um, way, I will add one thing on that baseball thing. That 34 points or however many is coming on basically two and a half games. Well, so, two and three quarters. We did play through to the eighth inning, but also we didn't play the beginning half of the first two games. So that tracks. <laughs> yeah. And, and we would have scored four more if not for the opposite of divine intervention, whatever the devil does. And he knocked Luke Boyer's ball down or he rose the fence up or rose the guy's. Glove oh, up Yeah. Because yeah, something happened. That was supposed to be a home run. And yeah. and there was something that happened there. To be Which fair, we did first. get seven runs in the sixth or seventh inning yesterday, all coming off of Luke Boyer's sack bunt, putting everyone into the position they needed to be. But anyway, tennis. Yeah, tennis. Uh, tennis this weekend participated in the ITA Indoor National Championships. We were the number two seed out of 16 teams. We started off the first round in a sweep of Arizona State. Arizona State's the number 19 team in the country. They were the number, what would that be? Uh, that'd be like the number 15 seed in the tournament. Um, it was a clean sweep. We beat them 4-0. Easy. Enough said. We were one of two teams to sweep in the first round. Um, something interesting about this is Jake Fernley, had a match point. He he wasn't ranked at the beginning of the year, despite being a top 10 player in the fall. He wasn't ranked at the beginning of the year because he took the fall off to play pro matches. He's now ranked number 62, and he hasn't really he, – he lost one match to another guy who should probably be ranked top five in the country. But he had match point against Arizona State, and I think that guy is like the number nine overall player in tennis right now. And he would have won that match. Stinks that he wasn't able to get it done. Second round of the tournament, we played Texas A&M. Big rivalry. We won 4-2. to two. Uh, This one was a little bit tough because we lost the doubles point. So it came down to all singles pretty much. I think it was 4-2. to two. It might have been 4-1. But came down to singles. And our guys basically stepped up to the challenge. We have the... The um, knack for starting off really hot in singles. Like, all of our guys will get breaks in the first 10 minutes of the match. We do kind of slow down in the second set, but we start off really hot, which is good to see, especially for momentum. And it worked against Texas Tech. Destroyed them in singles. Kind of same story in the semifinals against Wake Forest, who was the number six team in the tournament. They... They were 
they were really good. They destroyed Michigan in the first round and then beat the brakes off of Arizona in the second round. They're one of the hottest teams in the country coming in, in my opinion. And we beat them four to two as well. We lost the doubles point again, which was not something that I was foreseeing coming into the tournament. I thought our doubles was pretty strong with the number eight team in the country and then an unranked Jake Fernley, Jack Pennington duo, and then the number 20 team in the country with Louie Maxted and Duncan Chan. But lost the doubles point to Wake Forest, and then same thing happened in singles. We started off hot. I think we won the first set in five out of the six matches for singles. Ended up winning that match four to two. Big win, especially for me, because both of my parents, my sister, two uncles, and three of my aunts all went to Wake Forest. I had to count there to make sure I was getting the right numbers. But I'm the only one who got out. So it was me against my entire family, pretty much. And luckily, the guys came through to me. I was I texted um, Louie, Pedro, and Jake, all guys we've had on the podcast before after the game, and just said, thank you so much. I don't know if I would have been able to recover if you hadn't won this match. But that propelled us to the finals. Um, and we were playing Ohio State, who's the number one seed. So, and, and going into the tennis season, I don't know, our listeners probably don't know much about college tennis because it's kind of a niche sport. But there were two teams in the country that I was afraid of coming into this season. One was Texas. Texas has three of the top 20 players in the country. They have the number one and two players in singles in the country. And that, so that's one team I was afraid of. And then the other was Ohio State because they have four to five fifth-year seniors who all came back to try and get a championship. That's the only reason they came back to school. And they also had the like number one recruit for freshmen this year and the like number one or number two recruit last year. So th- this is a stacked team. Like their number six probably would be a number two or number three on most teams, if not one. Like stacked team. Coming into it, I said it on the sports board. I didn't think we were going to win. I was hoping I was wrong. I had us losing four to two. And it didn't look like we were, we were going to lose at the beginning of the match, let me tell you. Um, we got the doubles point. We won number one and number two earlier today. And then going into singles, Jake, man, he's he's been on a roll with the Arizona State. And then he beat another ranked opponent in the Texas A&M game. I think, believe a top 20 opponent beat another top 20, top 30 opponent in the Wake Forest match. He's not, and, and these these are not close matches. He was destroying them. And today he was playing somebody who was, he, he's number 67 in the country, but he also took the fall off kind of like Jake. So his ranking isn't indicative of how good he actually is. And I looked up, Jake broke early on, just like most of our players did today. Uh, I looked down, and then I looked back up, and about 20 minutes into the singles, Jake had already won the first set 6-1. to one. And I was like, oh, wow. Jake's decided he's not taking prisoners today. So, like, I look over to the other matches. I look back about five minutes later. Jake's winning the second set 5-0. <laughs> he ended up winning 6-1, 6-0 against one of the top players in the country in about 35 minutes. Like it was just an absolute blowout. Honestly, he might have won too quickly because all the momentum that we got from him winning kind of deteriorated. But it was an awesome win for him. Great to see a guy who's a friend of the podcast. We're all fans of his. And um, he, he played really well throughout the tournament. He should be on the all-tournament team for singles uh, at that number one spot. The other guy who was really impressed with is Jack Pennington. He he kind of has struggled in his TCU career. He's a sophomore now, kind of. He's a little bit older, and he's like 22 or 23 as a sophomore. But he he struggled playing down to his opponents, I think. And he'd probably tell you this himself. But this tournament, we didn't see that. And maybe it's because he was playing really good players. But he stood out. He didn't lose a match this tournament. I don't think he was real. He was close to losing a match. 
he won today against a top a top 30 player like fantastic guy one one today and and he the players that he beat were different types of players like one was a big power server another one was a ground stroke guy didn't matter jack was just on fire this weekend pedro unfortunately struggled a little bit um the first two rounds were not good they just weren't um then in the third round against Wake Forest, we moved from the USTA indoors in New York, where like there are a bunch of professional tournaments, to Columbia's brand new facility, and it something clicked for Pedro. He he should have if we had finished the match against Wake Forest, he would have won his match. We would have won five two, um, and so that was good to see. And then coming into today, it seemed like he just got the short end of the stick every single time the ball was close to the line he called it out the ref overruled him the guy he was playing is known to be kind of loose with the rules and calling balls in or out and and you could see it today i think there were several balls that even watching on the cameras i'm like oh that was in the guy called it out um so just kind of frustrating the last guy i really want to give a shout out to or really two guys is one louie maxted Today is his first loss ever indoor. Wow. Um, and it's his like third third year playing. He'd never lost an indoor match before today. Um, the guy he was playing today couldn't miss. Like his first serve, he just wasn't missing. Any time Louie came close to a break, boom, ace. Like there, and, and there was nothing Louie could have done about it. Um, just unfortunate. And then Thomas Jirasek, who is our six, and he was a kind of a question mark coming into the season. I was like, who's going to be our number six in singles? We need a strong six because it could come down to the six. And I think this tournament really cemented Tommy in that role. He played, he was a clincher against Arizona State and Texas AM. And then he put up an absolute stinker against Wake Forest like he he lost really quickly it, it was not a good match and so coming into today the board was like which Tommy are we going to get the guy who played against against AM or the one who played against Wake we got the guy who played against AM. we there Ohio State's number six is the number one recruit in the country he should not be a six I think that's a little bit of gamesmanship maybe by Ohio State's coach but they're also just so deep. Um, Tommy brought him into the third set. He lost the first set, had a couple of break chances. We were all just ecstatic that he was still in the match, frankly, because the guy who was playing is just so good. He's a top, uh, I think, top 90 player in the country right now as a freshman. And then he won the second set, and we were all kind of going crazy, like, what is happening here? Tommy, what are you doing, man? And then... Uh, he went up a break early in the third set. And we, the board was like, what is going on? Are we about to win this on Tommy? Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, just couldn't hang on to it, ended up losing it. But um, just really good play from our entire team. I was super proud with how they played the whole weekend, especially today, coming in against a good team that is really, really experienced. Just very proud of our guys and how they played. Um, really, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to get a trophy and bring home the, the three-peat. But honestly, the way they played, I don't think they could have played much better, if we're being completely honest. Um, I, th I think everybody pretty much hit their top. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more from Sebastian Gorsney today, but that happens. Just unfortunate time for it to happen. Um, anyway, I think our next match is in a week or so. We're transitioning to the outdoor season. Court's a little bit slower, and we should be ranked as the number two team in the country. So if you're listening to this, get out the tennis matches. There's action going on constantly. They're free. Usually they have some sort of food involved. They're get out also, and watch. They're on your way to a baseball game. So if you're going to a baseball game, go get free food, watch a tennis match, and then go to the baseball game. Yeah, like, if they're happening on the same day. 
The, sure. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, and and there's constant action. You're never going to be bored because somebody is always going to be hitting a ball. Yeah, so I, I used to not believe you when you said that because, like, to a person who hasn't watched tennis before, it doesn't sound like that great of an offer. And then you dragged me to a tennis match at some point, Jacob, and it was awesome. And, like, I'm not a tennis guy. Like, I've become more of one through this podcast. But, like, that day that you dragged me to one, I had not watched tennis. I was not interested other than that I wanted the Frogs to win. And I got there, and I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's extremely fun. And, man, I'm seeing it on Twitter, too. Everybody tuned in to this tournament today because, one, it was the only thing that was going on. Um, but two, it was a national title and people loved it. They're like, I don't know what's going on, but this is electric. Like this is one of the most, one of the coolest events I've ever watched. So get out there, support the frogs. All of the players are really good guys. Like we're definitely going to have Pedro, Jake, Louie back on the podcast at some point this season, just because they're all just great guys. We like, we enjoy talking to them. You can definitely go meet them. They're fun to talk to. And really, they just want to support the school in any way they can. So you should do the same. Get out to tennis matches. Outdoor season's big big this year. Texas is really our only competition in the Big 12. And, um, yeah, so, so get out there and support the boys. With that, I think we have a basketball game to talk about. Yes, we had one game against West Virginia, and we all confirmed Kerkrisa sucks. Having finished discussing everything that mattered that game, Barrett, what happened against Kansas State? <laughs> yeah, Kerkrisa, six turnovers in that game. He was terrible. Um, TC versus Kansas State, uh, really, really interesting and fun game to watch because it was just back and forth the entire game. Uh, you'd have one team, we, we obviously started out down, Kansas State went on a big run, TCU went on a big run to counter, K-State went on another big run, went on a big run to counter again, and then Jameer Nelson capping an awesome game to watch with a ridiculous three-pointer. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that here in a second, but um, I thought overall the Frogs showed a lot of resiliency in this game. Um, there was never really a point where I felt super comfortable. It, it turned into basically Micah PV versus Tyler Perry 1v1ing for the game um, with four other people on the court at the same time. Um, I will say at the beginning of the game, um, I thought that Ernest Uday was having one of the better games that he's had all season until he got hurt. Uh he was giving Kansas State a lot of problems, specifically on the defensive end. I, I noticed that kind of once Uday went down, K-State was really abusing mostly Mustafa, but also Cork in their lack of agility in recovering back to the role man. Uh, Uday's athleticism and his length alone and his motor really gave K-State problems whenever they were trying to run pick and roll with Tyler Perry. Um, cause he was able to recover back to the role man really quickly. So seeing prayers that he's, he's back for the next game. Um, obviously you don't like to see a guy go out, especially only after eight minutes of playing. But, um, I thought that was a really promising game coming from him outside of Ernest Uday. Micah PV was the story here. I mean, in a game where pretty much everyone else struggled, PV was absolutely incredible. He was 8 of 10 from the free throw line. He was 2 of 3 from 3. He had 3 steals, 3 blocks, 26 points, 9 rebounds. The guy just padded the stat sheet for this game. Um, and pretty much everyone else struggled. Jameer Nelson had 7 assists, but he kind of took some bad shots. I honestly think that the 3-pointer that he took at the end of the game was a terrible shot. Absolutely. When he took that, I was livid. I was like, we just lost on that. Yeah. And then we didn't. <laughs> yeah, a terrible decision to take that shot. Obviously, clock's running down. Like, you, you got to get a shot up. But we didn't need three points. We only needed two because the game was tied. Um, And 
obviously glad it went in, but I would have not been happy had that been the last shot in regulation and it didn't go in. Um, I thought Isam Mustafa struggled a bit on the defensive side. Um, Tyler Perry really abused his lack of speed in pick and roll. Um, whether it was recovering to the roll man or just beating him one-on-one off the dribble. Um, Perry's more of a three-point shooter than he was in this game, which I thought was interesting. The guy really pushed to get inside the paint and draw a bunch of fouls. He, sh- he was 12 for 12 from the free throw line. So, um, and 0 for 6 from 3, which is not normal for him. So, um, big game from him, but I'm, I was really, really impressed with the Frogs in this game. It showed a lot of drive to be able to come back from down a bunch twice, really, um, and, and pull out a dub. Hey, well, I mean, you know, TCU basketball, TCU baseball, the game doesn't really start until either we're down by 10 or we give up double digits. Yeah. So game doesn't start till the third inning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's also something to be said. If I recall correctly from Jacob and I's last recording when Barrett was too cool to talk to us, I'm pretty sure, Jacob, didn't you say that we really needed to win two of the next three was what we should set our eyes on? Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to the third, and we have already done that. So yeah. it, as ugly as the game was, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I, we really needed to win. West Virginia was a must win. And then we needed to get one of West uh, of K-State and Texas Tech on um, on Tuesday. And we got the K-State. Now the Texas Tech one's just kind of a bonus, especially since they're ranked. It's going to be rocking. If they weren't ranked, I would be kind of afraid of of a, of a letdown type thing, similar to what we saw after, after the Houston game when we beat them on the last second shot. But really, I think I think we're all set for this week. It should be a really fun week of basketball. For frog yeah. fans, just hoping Uday's back and fully healthy. There's yeah, I haven't heard anything. I've been That's looking at the board. I've seen nothing. It looked to me when his when when his leg got rolled up on, I didn't see his ankle bend. Yeah, which might be a good sign if you're worried about an ankle injury. Also, could be a bad sign if you're worried about a knee injury. Yeah, so. I think it's probably just an ankle sprain, if I had to guess. That's yeah. usually what happens when guys get rolled up on. Yeah. Um, especially guys just that... the fact I didn't see it bend. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully um, he's back sooner rather than later. I actually didn't even watch the end of this game because the, the because second tennis match. Hero. Well, yeah. The second tennis match was going on. And at halftime, I just flipped it over to the tennis match. Um, at some point, I turned it back to the basketball. And we were, like, losing by two. I watched for a little bit. All of a sudden, we're down by eight. So I'm like, well, it's obviously my fault. So I turn off the basketball and don't pay attention to it again until Connor just starts spamming our our, our group chat saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Um, and then I, I kind of figure out what happened. But it was the same thing with baseball, man. I turned on baseball. We were up by two or three each time I turned it on. All of a sudden, the third inning happens. And so I turned the game off. And we come back and win. So I think I have power. And also in baseball, I ended the game by spamming our group chat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm really just here to bother Jacob and Barrett while they give you guys valuable information. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, good week for the Frogs. Wish tennis would have gone a little bit better, but um, I, we got a lot of dubs this week across multiple sports. So It was a very fun week to be a Frog. Do we... Do we want to get into picks first, or do we want to go into the games for this week? Yeah, let's do. It. Let's hit picks. All right. 
first the first one I was gonna do, but unfortunately it's happening in like four hours was gonna be Houston, Iowa State, which will be a great one, but everyone listening will already know what happened. So I'm Take it anyways. With, what'd you say? Take it anyways. <laughs> okay. We're we're gonna be genies. Iowa State, Houston. They will know as soon as they hear your answer if you're right or wrong, Jacob. Where is it being played? At Houston. Oh, Houston wins. Barrett? Uh, Yeah, I think Houston wins. I think they've got too good of guards to be able to deal with Iowa State's pressure. I'm giving it to Iowa State. If in part to go against you guys and in part to go for my old fading I Houston that I had in the beginning of the season, but also because <laughs> Iowa State at its best is a really freaking good team. I'm giving it to them. They're scary good. Um, Baylor, BYU. I guess I know Jacob's answer, but Jacob. <laughs> BYU. Barrett. Uh, BYU, but... I don't feel comfortable making that decision. <laughs> I'm going with BYU. I have to say, I, the the number one reason I'm going with BYU is not Baylor. But the number two reason I'm going with BYU is that in addition to being really good, BYU has a pretty intense home environment. For, a gr- for Granted, I guess Baylor doesn't drink either. But for a s- student body that doesn't drink, BYU really gets at it. <laughs> And Barrett, you can put the air quotes all you want. There is less alcohol in their stadium than there are in other stadiums. (laughs) That's fair. I'm I'm actually really grateful they don't drink because I think their home home field advantage would actually be pretty scary if they had, like, genuine encouraged alcohol as well. So I'm giving it to BYU. They're, They're a strong place to play. All right. Houston Baylor. I'm not picking Baylor. Yeah, so. I guess. Barrett? <laughs> I love that Jacob looks up, contemplates, and then just says, nah, not Baylor. <laughs> he thinks about it, and then he like, actually registers what I said. He's like, oh, right. I, um, I, I still think Houston wins this one. I think Baylor's a good team. I don't think they're as good as Houston. Um, Houston wins this one, and the good news is, even if the sky falls and Baylor wins. It is at Baylor, which means no one will actually see them win because it's filmed from 3,000 feet above the course. <laughs> well, if the sky falls, we'll then see the sky fall because the, the camera's, camera's going with it. Above there. <laughs> the camera's going with the sky. So, <laughs> all right. Texas, Kansas. Jacob. I don't oh, it's Kansas at Kansas. That, that makes this way easier. <laughs> no, I, I'm going with Texas, man. I really? don't think Kansas is good. I, I'm, and I'm riding with that. Kansas is not a good basketball team. They just have two really good players and one freak athlete who can dunk the ball. Barrett? I, I do tend to agree with Jacob that Kansas is not as good as most people think they are. Um, however, I think that UT specifically matches up very poorly to Kansas um, because KJ Adams can guard Dylan DeSue just fine because he's a freak athlete. Um, and really, they don't have anyone big enough to guard um, KJ McCuller or Kevin McCuller. So I think that Kevin McCullough is going to have a big game against UT in this game just because UT doesn't have the size to, to deal with him. I am a known Kansas denier, not specifically basketball, but the existence <laughs> of the geography in and of itself. Uh, I really want to pick against Kansas. I really agree with Jacob. Kansas is not good. However... I don't think the skill matters as much as the fact that the refs will cheat for Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> and as such, Texas will lose to the eight-man team that is the Kansas Jayhawks. All right. I've got one more, and then we'll do the two TCU games. And then from that, we'll move on to the TCU games. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. 
Bedlam Eternal Scoreboard. It's at Oklahoma State, but I don't know that that matters. Jacob. Hey, Oklahoma State beat BYU this week by double digits. Um, and they're not last in the Big 12 right now. <laughs> that that title belongs to West Virginia. Um, rivalry game at Oklahoma State. Their fans will be rowdy. I'll go, I'll go with the Cowboys. Why not? <laughs> Barrett. I'm I'm not riding with Jacob on this one. I <laughs> I think Oklahoma State is coming off of a big win and they're gonna have zero emotion available for a big rivalry game and they're gonna lose this game pretty handedly i think oklahoma state is not only coming off of a big win they're coming off of a fluke win i do not expect them to get another (laughs) oklahoma state is losing this game perhaps by 50 (laughs) hey just know when oklahoma state wins i'm gonna be the one laughing when Oklahoma State wins, we'll all be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> At Oklahoma, most likely. <laughs> all right. You don't have to give your why because we'll uh, discuss that after this. But TCU, Texas Tech, Jacob. Tech. Oh, Barrett. Uh, I feel like this is a trap game. So take that as you will, but I'm still going to ride with the Frogs. I picked against TCU once this season, and it made me want to kill myself. I'm going with TCU again. <laughs> uh, We're all Cincy, glad you didn't kill yourself. You're one of one. Cincy <laughs> at TCU, Jacob. I'm going to go with TCU on this one. Barrett? Frogs. All right, I think this isn't just me being a homer. TCU should beat Cincinnati. All right, that being said, tell us why we picked these things. What's going on with this TCU-Texas Tech game, boys? I think we got away with one against Tech last time we played them, in all honesty. Tech is a good team. Uh, Pop Isaacs went off for them, but pretty much no one else did anything of note. I think that we match up decently well against them, but Pop Isaac, man, the dude's just a shooter. Yeah. He can score from pretty much anywhere, regardless of how much pressure he has on him. He's got 16-year-old girls to impress. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, not a great guy, but he's a great basketball player. <laughs> I can't wait to go clip for myself, not even for the Twitter. Barrett going, yeah, and then thinking for a second and realizing what I said. <laughs> and then just saying, yeah, again, in a much more depressed tone. <laughs> So I actually think we match up pretty well against um, against Texas Tech because our three point defense has not been an issue for us this season. We we get out on three point shooters, which is what Tech is made up of. Yeah, and we can't guard in the post, which Tech kind of struggles in the post. Therefore, I, I, I even if. Uday isn't healthy, which I don't think he is. Like, we have a chance, especially if Trey gets hot. And really, if we shoot well. Um, That being said, like Barrett said, Pop Isaacs is just, he, 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 he's just good. He's the, uh, Josh Giddy of, of college basketball. And um, (laughs) that's about all I can say about that. Yeah, from a from a defensive standpoint for the Frogs, this game is going to be determined by Pop Isaacs. I agree with you that like we do a good job against three point shooting teams historically, Um that showed in the Tech game where pretty much no one else shot well outside of Pop Isaacs. If he struggles, they're they're going to struggle along with him most likely. Um, if he is shooting lights out like he did last time it's probably going to be a much closer game than we expect on the offensive side for the frogs. I think we need to abuse Emmanuel Miller in this game and abuse Emmanuel Miller. Like pop Isaacs abuses those minors. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we need, I'm just going to brush over that one. (laughs) We need, (laughs) 
we need Emmanuel Miller to utilize his mid post game and be aggressive in this game. I think I thought that he was not aggressive enough in the last game we played against Kansas State. He didn't have any points in the first half. He had 10 in the second half, but he only had one rebound, and that was the only other stat he had all game. And so I think that this is a game where we need to see Eman come out, be aggressive, get to his spot, get to the free throw line. And Jacob mentioned that Tech, Tech doesn't have a lot of size. They don't have a great low post defense. We need to see our big guys break their big guys and – get offensive boards, get to the foul line. And it would be great if Trey can knock down a bunch of threes again. He's been kind of streaky this year. Um, He's gone through games where he'll shoot the lights out, and then he's gone through games where he won't make anything. Um, So, yeah, I I think this is going to be one in the post for us. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Perfect explanation. We have anything else on this one? No, I'm good. All right. Let's move on to Cincinnati. What do we expect there? It. I haven't watched much Cincinnati, but I feel very confident we should beat Cincinnati. Yeah, we should have beaten Cincinnati in the last time we played, and we just missed so many dang free throws. Um, They haven't – Cincinnati's just mid – like, really, that's what it is. They're, they don't have anybody who scores a lot. They don't have any one person who, who rebounds a lot. They don't have anybody who gets a ton of assists. They're just a bunch of consistently mid-players, and that'll win you games if you come up on the team and they're having an off night. Um, yeah, yeah we should watched, win this rematch. I have watched a lot of Cincinnati since we lost to them because I was deeply invested in how good of a team they actually were. Uh, Cincinnati, their game plan is to beat you by committee. They're not going to have one guy come out and beat you, kind of like their stat show. They're going to have five guys put up seven, eight points, and that's how they're going to beat you. Um, Outside of the offensive side, they have an extraordinarily good defense, extremely good defense. And it's capstone by their anchor in their in the center. Uh, he alters a lot of shots in the paint. He is athletic. He's got a lot of length, and he moves well and times his blocks well. Um, so, I would expect TCU to probably put up more three pointers in this game than we would like to see because of his presence in the paint. If we can get him into foul trouble early, that'll be fantastic for us. Um, I, I would expect another rock fight out of this game. If we can get Cincinnati turning the ball over and get some easy buckets and create a lead that way, I think that's how we're probably going to win this game. If we can get Cincinnati turning the ball over and get an easy bucket even once, we'll likely hear 47 times that TCU is a fast break team from the announcer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I think, personally, I think Cincinnati is a criminally underrated team. I know they don't have a great record right now. I know they don't look like a great team on paper. But I think that their stats don't show how well of a team that they actually have created and have running. Um, My dog agrees with me. Um, But so I, I think this is another trap game. Obviously, we lost to them earlier in the season. It would be great to get a win at home against them uh, late in the season. But well, And not only is this one at home, it's more importantly, our guys won't be having the life force sucked out of them by the very presence of being in Ohio. So we should have a leg up this time around. That's true. Also, yeah. we have an awesome home environment, which is weird to say as a TCU fan. Yeah, especially weird because we lose more at home than we do on the road, or at least recently. Which is also a weird thing to say in the Big 12. Because in the Big 12, it seems for everybody else that you lose on the road and you celebrate when you win. And you win, on the, you win at home and you're distraught when you lose. We, like you said, at least recently, 
are seeming to do better on the road. Yeah. Bodes well for yeah, it's the just weird. And if you are wondering how we are doing on the road, I believe Derek O'Henrio, a friend of the podcast, released about um, 30 tweets today comparing <laughs> TCU's resume to other teams' resumes who are above us and probably shouldn't be above us. Or if they are above us, they should be one to two spots above us, not 10. So the fact and that if that's Joe not Lenardi enough of a TCU reason is- to follow Derek O'Henrio. I will also tell you that tomorrow he'll release another 30 tweets, and I haven't discussed this with him. I just know he will. He will release another 30 tweets, making much more offensive comments about Pop Isaacs than anything I've said this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going off of the Derek O'Henrio tweets about comparing us to other teams, the fact that Joel and I... No, uh, again, rushing over that. <laughs> uh, trying to get us back on track. Uh, the fact that TCU is a 10 seed for Joe Lenardi and all of these teams are like six, seven, four, five seeds is ridiculous. Uh, I, I cannot believe that he has us as like the, the what, like first buy in. Or whatever. Yeah, I, I saw his first buy the last time I saw it. Absurd. Yeah. Well, some people know ball, and then others are paid to talk like they know ball. And well, Joe and Artie is one of the latter. When TCU yeah. is doing well at something, it's a really good test for people who know ball because TCU is a tiny little private school in Fort Worth, Texas. And it's very incentivized to downplay us. So when we deserve to be downplayed, like this past fall in football, whatever. But when we're really showing prowess, it really culls the herd and you can see who knows what they're talking about because the people who are just there to say what they're supposed to say will always downplay us. Yeah. Go support the little guys. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Do we have a quadrant update? No, I haven't been on it because I was in Prague this weekend um, on on a little vacation. Don't so, worry. Derek has got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I think I saw it. It was like we're three or four and six in quadrant one. We're three and we're four and two or something like that in quadrant two. And, and then, we're undefeated. Or, or no, we've only lost one quadrant two game. So like four and one in quadrant two, and then we're undefeated in quadrant three and four. That won't change. Um and I think that that's about it. Uh I think the rest we of the go one, Yeah, and, and like Connor and I kind of talked about in the last podcast, if we can go if we can win out at home at this point. We'll have like 10 wins in the Big 12, which should put us in the top half. Um, some The Big 12 released a statement. If if the tournament ended today, we'd play the winner of Oklahoma State and UCF. And then if we won that game, we'd play Kansas. I like those odds. All I was going to say, I all consider day. all three of those teams beatable. <laughs> Kansas yeah. not in Allen Fieldhouse is not a powerhouse. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, if we can go one and two this week, uh, really, we just need to win against Cincinnati. I think the yeah. Tech game is just a bonus, in my opinion. At this the point, really it's always nice part, to beat a rival. But and we'll we'll talk more about this next week's episode. But the really tough part for winning it out at home is going to be next week against Baylor. Yeah, that's going to be the only one I consider at home not. Not necessarily a likely our fit. Although our last home game, I bought tickets to today. I'll be at UCF TCU. Very nice. I won't yeah. be. Yeah, you live in Britain. <laughs> You're um, busy eating more fish and chips than our entire tennis team ever has. Yep, it, this is the truth. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think winning winning at home, Baylor, the midweek game, I believe next. In two weeks. Yeah. yeah. But it's Baylor. They're going to be ranked in the top 15, top 10 
they're going to be will show pissed up. after our win. Yeah, but our students will show up. That's a that's a given. Our fans will be there. Oh yeah. The question is, will the players respond to the fans or not? Because we responded to the fans in the Texas Tech game, and that's probably what pushed us over and why we stole that game. They did not respond to fans well during the Texas game, and it's probably why we lost. So whether or not the team shows up and 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 reflects the student section, that's the biggest part and, and biggest question, in my opinion. All right. We have anything else, or are we good calling it here? We play who? Texas State in baseball on Tuesday? Texas State on Tuesday, and then we play UCLA this weekend at home. Who yeah. UCLA is historically very good. That should be a very good series. Yeah, I, I saw somebody say that we might have the hardest not out of conference schedule in baseball. I believe that. When that if I, I don't know if you guys got the same commercials I was, but when, when I was watching the stream and it kept playing that ad for buying season tickets and it read off the opponents we play, I was stressed out every time the ad ran. Because we play some real teams this season. I mean, we always do, but we have a we have a real lineup coming that we've got to go up against. I too well, we could always be Florida and lose to St. John's. Yeah, opening weekend and still I be ranked number four. Not by that commercial that I definitely watched because I was definitely watching the baseball game. Barrett is a committed baseball fan. Yeah, I, honestly, Barrett's not a baseball fan. Barrett's a Luke Boyers fan. And we are well, all yeah. Who is not? Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> Someone who doesn't That's appreciate like that Punk gave us seven runs. <laughs> so actually, interesting story about Luke Boyers. His first home run came in a regional game against like McNeese or something like that. Uh, I think it would be three or four years ago now. It's freshman year. And I was sitting right next to the person who caught it. It was a, a good friend of mine's younger brother caught the ball. And so after the game, we we waited like for the players to come out so the guy could give Luke Boyers his first home run ball. And uh, I, we talked to Luke a little bit. There's no chance he remembers me because I didn't catch the ball and I was just there. But since then, I've known that Luke Boyers is the truth. On the baseball field, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Jacob became such a fan that day that after his friend gave Luke the ball, Jacob took the ball from Luke, and it's still prized in his home. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. I put it up on the mantle next to our family picture. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to uh, your favorite three geniuses, given their not-so-genius takes on all things TCU sports and other interesting things. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at TCU's Three Wisemen. Like, follow, and subscribe this wherever you're watching it. And otherwise, have a great week. Go Frogs!